This episode is brought to you by the CommuniCore Weekly web store, where you can find all of our amazing t-shirts and music. Check it out at CommuniCoreWeekly.com, the greatest online store. Well, howdy, all CommuniCore cadets, and welcome to CommuniCore Weekly, the greatest online show. I'm George. And I'm Jeff, and I, I was a little thrown off there. That's a new one. I, yeah, I tried, you know, we'll try to use the, the, the greatest online show caught on, so I figured, hey, we'll try CommuniCore cadets. Hey, that See works. if that catches on. I mean, and next, after that catches on, it'll be George's Emperor. What, so, can, can we, after that, can we try send, it, send George and Jeff $5 from your parents' wallet? Ooh, that's even better. That'll be a good one. So it's not so subliminal messaging? Or um, messages? It's very direct, give us your money messaging. Okay, okay. We can't get in trouble for that if we're honest, right? No, especially if we're honest. You know, we're going to use the money to make trips to Disney World and Di- Walt Disney World and Disneyland. You yeah, know? so it works out pretty well. We were honest. Or, we're not gonna lie. or other theme parks like, like I did not too long ago. Yeah, I heard a rumor about this and saw some weird photos. We should we should probably talk about it then. Ooh, let's go on a trip report then? Let's go on a trip report. So as one of my last official acts of living New Jersey, I uh, went to Six Flags Great Adventure, which has been my local theme park for years since I've been born, um, considering it's 20 minutes down the road for me. So I figured I had to go one more time before I left. But you've been there before, right? Many, many times. I used to go, I used to have season passes for pretty much every year, and I haven't gone actually in like the last three or four years now. Um, But uh, Gary from Kingdom Cast and... uh, uh, John Hopkins and, and and Tim, formerly of Fanboys, were going. Uh, we made a, a little group trip of it, so uh, we all went and we we experienced it together. And uh, it was it was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay, w- w- was the meetup a mess or the park was a mess? No, no, the meetup was fine. It was the park that was. I guess you know we're so used to. Granted, we complain about how Disney maintains things. Yeah. Sometimes, but then when you step foot into great adventure it is um I, I don't even have a word to describe it it makes you really appreciate the stuff that goes on at disney because <laughs> it's it was gross i mean and it's still early in the season it's it, it was april the middle of april and the parks aren't even really open for the summer yet and it was just disgusting and everything was falling apart and it hasn't been maintained properly in years so it was kind of upsetting to see the park like that interesting um, so you've seen a definite, definite decline. Uh, I mean, as far as I can remember, maybe I'm looking back on the, with those rose-tinted glasses. I don't remember it being that bad before, but it was it was pretty horrific. Um, even like like the main logo when you walk in, that's painted on on the ground, was chipped and peeling and falling apart, and, and I just I didn't understand it. Granted, you know, yeah. it's it's a thrill theme uh, theme park, and you're going for the awesome roller coasters because you can't deny that the roller coasters are awesome mm-hmm. um but you, you know you're not getting 
the same level of quality theming that you would get at a Disney park. You're not getting the the quality overall that you would get at a Disney theme park. It was just it was a mess. It was decrepit and it was kind of kind of depressing to be completely honest with you. Yeah, well, I mean, you are coming at it from a different eye, probably, than even a few years ago. You know, after working with Rolly to publish the book, it's kind of a huge story. Best book of 2012. Pick the copy up now. Um, and uh, Awesome plug, by the way. <laughs> I, I tried to get that as quickly as I could before you stopped it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, looking at Disney parks, not from an insider's point of view, but as a critic. You yeah. know, with a critical eye now, like we do, it changes pretty much anything and anywhere you go. We were all saying that, too. I mean, you know, I think Gary said he hadn't been there in, like, two years, too. And that was, you know, before he started doing his podcast, uh, Kingdom Cast. So we were all looking at in that light, and it was just striking to see how different we see things now. And one of the other things that really struck me was, um, you know, we were just on Kingdom Cast not too long ago talking about mm -hmm. corporate sponsorships in the yeah. park. I was going to ask you about that because I saw some of those photos. That picture that I sent you. Um, yeah. The difference between a Disney corporate sponsorship and a Six Flags corporate sponsorship is striking. They throw it in your face nonstop. Like at the, at the end of every single ride we were on, they would, when you would be able to understand the person as you were getting out of the roller coaster, it would be make sure you go on this ride, this ride, this ride. Also, upgrade your season pass. Also, use your Discover card to save five percent. Also, buy some M and M's. Also, do this. And we're like, whoa, whoa. And we're not, like, I'm not joking. It was literally after every single ride we went on, no matter what roller coaster, what lame other ride we went on, every yeah. single one, they, I guess they're trained just to say those things. And there's gigantic ads in in the queues of these line, uh, rides for all sorts of crazy stuff, like, I don't know, t Tostito knockoffs, or I don't know. Wow. It, it was really, really bizarre. It didn't really fit in with the rest of the quote-unquote um, theme. Yeah, well, was, and, it was pretty odd because it was almost on like on the side of one of the roller coasters. Yes, that yeah, was by it, Kia, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. There was an IKEA, uh, not IKEA, a, a Kia. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be weird. I don't want to ride an IKEA roller coaster. I don't want to ride it. No. How do how do you put this together? Put I don't understand the directions. First. Then you can ride it. Like, it was no. a Kia Soul. Um, it was like a oh. sticker put on the side of all the cars for El Toro, which is based on um, nothing to do with a Kia Soul. So it was really weird. And then inside wow. the Skull Mountain queue, there was a big ad for the Tostitos thing. Um, also, waiting in line for Skull <laughs> Mountain, by the way, they were playing um, Haunted Mansion music. And when we were walking through the boardwalk area, um, where all the, the tacky boardwalk games are, they were mm. playing... Um, Yoho Yoho, a pirate's life for me. So it was really, really weird to have all that stuff. How much money? I wonder how much they paid for the license to that. Zero uh, dollars and zero cents. <laughs> That's how much. It's called a record drop. It's called a needle drop. It, it's so, yeah. So one of the things that we talked about that day and and later was the fact that um, our friend Gary from the Kingdom Cast um, had an accident with a young child on the People Mover. <laughs> and lost both of his legs. I'm not laughing because of the accident. I'm laughing laughing because that's the, the story that Gary tells everyone. Oh yeah, yeah, the story. It's <laughs> not what really happened. It's just a great story. He didn't it's, get it's his, a great story. He didn't go on the people leg remover. Don't worry. <laughs> no, but, but but so he he doesn't have legs. He has prosthetic legs that he uses. He doesn't care. You know, he'll he'll walk around the parks and with kids say something. He go, yeah, I'm half animatronic. You know, he's got a great sense of humor about it. But apparently. 
they've got some ADA problems at the Six Flags. Yeah, it's, you know, just to backtrack a little bit, he, he um, it's below his knee, so he only has partial prosthetics for the bottom half of his leg. So ADA rules, um, it, it's a law that it has to be on the sign before you get on every attraction, what the rules are for it. So we would look at every single one and, you know, the people running the rides would almost get into a fight with Gary for every single roller coaster we were on, even though he was clearly in the right of the rules. Um, most of, I would say most of the time we wound up getting on the ride, you know, Gary was out on the ride, no problem. Um, there was one ride where he had, we had to get the manager and Gary was arguing with him and Gary was like, you know, I don't think you're familiar with the rules. And the manager was like, no, no, we're, we're familiar with the rules. We try to update our signs. You know, we, we update them to reflect the new rules every year as much as possible. And we're looking at the sign that he's standing next to that has the rules on it. And it hadn't been touched in like two or three years. You can clearly mm. see it by how, how it looks. So I got to commend Disney, even though, you know, all their rides at Disneyland were shut down not too long ago. I got to commend <laughs> yeah. them on keeping up with their ADA uh, guidelines and laws. Well, what, what what was the problem? Because if Gary had been wearing pants, well, let me rephrase that. Gary was wearing shorts. He was so wearing it was shorts. obviously from the, the knees down. He had prosthetic We legs. even said, you know, be, buy sweatpants and you won't have a problem, clearly. Wait a minute, that's what the manager said? No, no, that's what we said to Gary. Oh, but then we would get on a, on a ride. We would, you know, he would take the prosthetic off. We'd put it off to the side. And that's when we would have the problem because they would be like, oh, Oh, hang on a second, you know. So the problem was that they weren't really sure themselves about what the the laws or what the rules were. Um, Gary was in the right; they were in the wrong. They just automatically assumed no, just because of of the leg thing. But um, thankfully, that's it worked a out. Huge in the end. danger having somebody with no legs on a ride. I can understand. You know, Ow. one of the main rules is not having the prosthetics on during the ride for for most of them, which I can understand because you don't want them to come off and injure someone. But um, I don't. I don't think they understood what they were talking about half the time. So, thankfully, it, it all worked out okay. But um, yeah, it made me really miss Disney parks. Yeah, I had a yeah. good time. I had a great time with them. I had a great time on the roller coasters. We went on all the coasters in the park. Um, but yeah, it. Uh, <laughs> Do they have anything similar to uh, my magical plus fast pass bands around your neck type thing? Uh. They have Discover Card where you save five percent inside the theme park. <laughs> if you buy M and M's, if you buy M and M's, while so. driving your Kia Soul. Yes, yes. Park. Excessive, so. excessive advertising. So advertising. goodbye, Six Flags, great adventure. Probably won't ever see you again, but I will see Magic Mountain. So we'll see how that goes in in a couple of months. He's a nerd. He's a geek. But we all like to hear him speak. So listen up to the words from his beat. It's George's Book of the Week. I talked about Van Arsdale France's uh, memoir a few weeks ago, uh, Windows on Main Street. It's a great book from the founder of Disney University with some fantastic stories about Disneyland's early years. Uh, I was contacted by Doug Lip about his new book called Disney U, How Disney University Develops the World's Most Engaged, loyal and customer-centric employees uh and that's another contender for the longest title we've we had Picture. a couple of those lately we've had a few of those we've had a few of those so um well, well doug and i started talking about his new book and i was excited to hear that doug had worked directly with van and the book not only talked about disney university 
in the training that cast members go through, but also it, it provided a look at Van and how he shaped the company and his own life. Now, the book itself, it's, 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 it's a business book. It's geared towards you know, people that are running their own business or have training programs. And the book has 13 lessons that the business owners, nonprofits, or even individuals can learn from and apply to their own businesses, training, and actually themselves. And it's ideal for any corporate training program or for anyone who's trying to start a training program, like our Communicore Cadet training program that we want to start. To it's, like, it's like space camp. It's like space camp, yeah. But, but cooler. Like with Leia Thompson, though, when we get stuck in outer space? Okay, I'll take that. Space camp? Okay, well, I went the young <laughs> Leia Thompson. Not the one. Well, anyways. Okay, so jumping back. the at, at the end of each lesson or each chapter in the book, Doug offers thoughts on applying Van's four circumstances, which are innovate, support, educate, and entertain, which, of course, we at Communicore Weekly provide all four of those every week. Uh, yes, we do. Because we're awesome. Anyway, uh, and the section afterwards relates directly to the lesson and summarizes and offers questions for thought. Uh, I really enjoyed the anecdotes that Doug provided. He shares stories of Van France and Tom Eastman and many others that were essential to Disney University. It's one of the few places that the history of the Disney training department is provided. Uh, it's, it's also one of the few books that documents the importance of Van France and the Disney company. And uh, one of my favorite anecdotes uh, dealt with cultural differences. When they were opening Tokyo Disneyland, because Doug was on the opening team for Tokyo Disneyland University, the amazing janitorial staff, they were all hired from other occupations. They'd worked in hospitals, so they knew how to clean. Um, they actually completely cleaned up the mansion before opening because they were told to clean the mansion, and their understanding of clean was different from what Disney wanted the mansion to be cleaned. So they, Doug recounts how they actually had to fly the artists back the moment they landed in the States to redo the cobwebs and all the dust to get the mansion opened on time. Because, hey, got to have dust in there. So a uh, little background about Doug. He worked for many years at Disney and the Walt Disney Studios. He developed the first international Disney University with Tokyo Disneyland and also led the training team at the Disney Company. And currently, he consults with several Fortune 500 companies and travels the world speaking about Disney and the Disney University. Uh, it, it's it's a fun book. It's an enjoyable read. I was surprised, you know, the way he puts the anecdotes in there. It never seemed boring or too over the top. And, you know, I think Disney fans will enjoy it just for the stories about Van Arsdale. Yeah, there was Disney a lot University. of good little insights in there, too, I thought. You know, I don't own a small business or a business of any kind, but I still got a lot out of the book from his anecdotes and the the learning how to, you know, run these sort of training programs. So it, it was really interesting, I thought. Yeah, it was good. The uh, <laughs> We'll jump into this long title again so I can repeat it at the end. It's called Disney U, How Disney University Develops the World's Most Engaged, Loyal, and Customer-Centric Employees by Doug Lip with two Ps. What we liked, what we didn't like, yeas in the booze, 60-second review. So you might wonder why we're reviewing Lincoln on Blu-ray. Uh, it was a DreamWorks production, so before you guys start turning over in your uh, Communicore spaceships, uh, all the DreamWorks films, Blu-ray, that sort of thing, are actually distributed by Disney. So there's a corporate tie. There's a corporate tie. But also, 
um, Disney Educational Programs or Productions has donated DVD copies of the film and a teaching guide called Stand Tall, Live Like Lincoln to more than 37,000 secondary schools in the United States. So that's pretty impressive. That's a lot of free DVDs. Uh, so we both got review copies of it, and uh, we wanted to review it for you. Yeah, because so, it's it's a great movie. And, you know, aside from that stuff, too, it also has other Disney ties, obviously, because of great moments with Mr. Lincoln and how yep. Walt admired uh, Abraham Lincoln. But uh, the movie itself, I actually saw it in the theaters, and I, I loved it. Um, I'm a big history buff to begin with, mm-hmm. and... I thought it was fantastic, and I really enjoyed how it focused not on Lincoln's entire life, but on a very specific part of his life when they were trying to pass the 13th Amendment, and I thought it was a great story. It's like the last four or five months of his life. Um, It was was pulled out from a a book. I can't remember the title. Yikes, that's bad, but it wasn't a Disney book. I thought it was fantastic. My oldest, my 14-year-old, went with his entire eighth-grade class to go see it in the theaters, part of the history. And he came back. Was it like a field trip? They took it was a field on, trip. That's awesome. They took him on an activity bus and took him to movie theater. They each got a popcorn and a soda. It was great. But he came back raving about the film. So it was absolutely fantastic. He enjoyed it. They laughed. He learned a lot. So we, look, we were looking forward to it. Of course, the nine-year-old gave it about 20 minutes. He was like, not not a movie for for nine-year-olds no No. that's okay uh we really enjoyed it thought it was a lot of fun learned a lot and it was amazing to think as historically accurate as it can be that they had that much political intrigue and machinations going on you know back then that it it was almost like it is today just people moving behind the scenes and trying to get you know bills passed and things with uh, it was interesting yeah, so. and and you know what, I, the movie itself I think will be one of those ones that kind of stand the the test of time, and it'll, it'll mm-hmm. be used as an educational tool as well years down the line. Just because it's it's a really important time in in the nation's history as well, and this really tells the story really, really, really well. Yes, it does. I mean, Spielberg does a great job with historical tales, and you know the actors were amazing because. It was, it was, it's, it's sort of like we always say with Johnny Depp. He, he loses himself in a role and you forget you're watching Johnny Depp. Well, you know, with all these characters, including Sally Field, you forgot who they were. Yeah, they all lost themselves in the roles, I thought. And in some points, you're looking at it going, wait a minute, is that James Spader? Wow. He let himself go. (laughs) You know, it was like, okay. But, you know, my, my only complaint is. I didn't like his voice. He needed to sound like Royal Dano. Oh, gosh. So, <laughs> but, you know, it, historically it ties in well, like you said, with what Disney's done with Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln, Liberty Square, the Hall of Presidents. You're right, like uh, Disney's fascination with uh, Abraham Lincoln and, and most people, you know, have had an obsession with him. I really um, enjoyed what he is. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, the, uh, the Blu-ray features, the the extra features, were actually really cool too. They're yeah. they're split up into sections, but watching them all together is like watching one long documentary about the making of the film. Mm-hmm. And again, coming from movie background, I I'm always on board with these features, especially ones that go as in depth as as these do. Um, 
I thought it was great. I loved seeing how they actually used some real government buildings to film oh, in yeah. for the film. And yeah. they, they recreated one to make it look like the White House. And I just, I thought it was fantastic. I, I you know, I will definitely be watching this again in the future. Uh, probably near future too, because it was a great flick. Well, you can watch it on your drive and let, you know, just watch it on the Blu-ray in the back. So well, somebody, somebody's going to pay attention to the road. Oh, you got GPS, right? Well, GPS ain't going to drive the car for me. We're not that advanced yet. You don't have a Google car? Not yet. Drive yourself? I'll just drive, I'll drive straight to Google, and I will ask them to purchase it for me. Well, that's not a bad... Say, hey, tell them you're Jeff from Kingdom Core Weekly. And then they'll be like, get off my property. <laughs> <laughs> you stupid kids. How do we go so, from Lincoln to Google? I have no idea. <laughs> but uh, I thought the film was fantastic. I enjoyed it. I agree with you. I would watch it again. And recommend it, you know, told all my friends and family they need to watch it as well. I thought it was a great film. Exactly. So, go pick up a copy today. Sometimes you might see it, sometimes you don't. Hey, look, what's that? It's a five-legged goat. <laughs> so, like I mentioned earlier, sometimes we go to other theme parks. What? I know, it's crazy. Sometimes those theme parks have direct references to more successful theme parks. <laughs> and this is one of those times. Because when I walked into Six Flags Great Adventure, I saw THE Liberty Square. Not Liberty Square the land, but the <laughs> literal interpretation of the Liberty Square. On the side of a building on their main street, it was a big wooden square with a sign over it that said, Liberty Square. So it was just a square. Just, just a square. With the sign Liberty Square over it. With literally nothing else around it that had anything to do with Liberty Square. Well, I think it's time we opened up our own theme park then. And just have references to other more successful theme parks. We can have the it. Liberty Square, the Adventure Land. Huh. The New Orleans Square. Oh yeah, that's good. The that's good. I don't I don't know the Tomorrowland. Because you never quite get there. It's always tomorrow. Yeah, it's, exactly. Oh, it's always that's a dream away. People should come and we'd be like, oh, sorry, it's not open till tomorrow. It's Tomorrowland. Until tomorrow. And then when they come back, like, no, tomorrow it's open. It's, it'll be open tomorrow. That's how we or get not. them to keep coming back. Ooh, and pay more. Exactly. Ooh. Why are we not in charge of theme park? We'd make a lot of money and a lot of enemies. Yeah, I was going to think, yeah, making more enemies is probably what we do. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Well, Scratch that idea. That's okay. Well, we've made it to the end of another episode. So everybody, thanks for watching or listening, however you digest Communicore Weekly. I hopefully, hopefully it goes down smoothly. But uh, be sure to leave us a comment and rate us on the iTunes. Let us know that you enjoy the show. And how much you enjoy it. Like, give us like nine stars or something like that. Can you give nine stars? I don't know. I've maybe actually not them. been on the rating system in a while. Maybe we should call and make sure they do it just for us. Okay. Only well, our show can get nine stars. Yeah. So if, if you can't give us nine stars, you can always email us at communicorweekly at gmail.com and tell us you want to give us nine stars. Just the subject should be nine stars, and then there doesn't have to be anything in the body of the email. Just and we just say, yeah, nine, nine stars. stars. And we'll know how much. Or send us a picture of nine stars. That way you're literally giving us nine stars. Ooh, that actually that'd be kind of funny if somebody did that. Anyway, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com that slash Weekly. 
Yep. And follow us both on Twitter. Uh, we haven't yet figured out how to make one Twitter profile, so we're still working with two. It's odd, but that's okay. I'm at Imagine Nerding, and he's at Jeff Heimbuck. Double the snark that way. Double the snark. That's the way it is. Double the snark. So for Jeff Heimbuck, I'm George Taylor. And for George Taylor, I'm Jeff Heimbuck. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time on Communicore Weekly, the greatest online show. Forty-two.